Mansfield 103.2 Sports with United Carpets and Beds. Visit us in store for the latest deals on flooring and beds at Mansfield Woodhouse and Kirkby and Ashfield. UnitedCarpetsandBeds.com. It's the start of your sporting weekend. This is Sports Talk. Good evening and welcome to our weekly look at local sport with me, Jason Harrison, and Tim Morris. Well, it's been another eventful week at Mansfield Town with two penalties saved, one manager sent off, two disallowed goals, but most importantly, four points for the Stags. It means Adam Murray's side are now up to fourth in League Two ahead of a trip tomorrow to second place Plymouth. And the Mansfield manager tells us tonight his squad is relaxed going into that game. We can go there with no pressure on us and try and beat them. They've got to beat us to, to stay in the, the top three and try and um, catch Northampton. So they expect to get promoted this season. No pressure on Saturday, we'll go there and enjoy it. We'll look ahead to Plymouth and back at the Morecambe and Oxford matches tonight while supporters Mick and Nathan Edge tell us about their charity walk that's taking place in April. The snooker as we get ready for the visit of Ronnie O'Sullivan to Mansfield and we take a look at plans to introduce sin bins into cricket. All that plus a look at the rest of the week's local sports, Morris's Minute Moan, the Sports Tour Predictor, the Mansfield Town Weekly Prize Draw and a chance to win tickets to a Stags game means another packed 90 minutes ahead. So let's get underway. Sports talk here on Mantua 103.2 And have we got success there Tim for the first time in about three weeks uh, Headphones, headphones that work Headphones on <laughs> On before I'm uh, ready to talk yeah. You look just like a Cyberman Fantastic <laughs> Good week Fantastic week after last Saturday I mean Tuesday night as well But last Saturday going home from the game Yeah When was the last time your team Save two penalties. <laughs> you know, not the, well, the opposition never got, happened. Exactly. Not the opposition got two penalties and missed one and the yeah. keeper saved one to actually save both of them. It's such a rare rare feat. Yeah, we'll talk more about the, the Stags uh, later on after about six, after six o'clock here, but uh, that seemed to be a game that was low on quality, but it showed that for a good football game, you don't need quality football. You can have all the excitement in the world and entertainment. Exactly. The conditions, of course, made such a difference. It meant that qu- there wasn't going to be any quality because mm. of the wind, because of the mud and the, the rain at times, but the excitement was there, and for me, the excitement was there for two reasons. One, the fans got behind the team, and yep. even when we conceded in the first minute, they stuck with them and help them get over the line. I mean, the referee helped by making some very, very <laughs> odd decisions That always at times. helps, it? Doesn't always it? helps. Yeah. And secondly, we were positive up to up to the last sort of 15 minutes. Two men up front. I was slightly bemused by Adam Murray's decision towards the end to play with three sort of midfield players, no striker. I didn't quite think that worked. So the but conditions that was, dictated that's that. That's what he said. I, I wasn't, I'm not so sure. I think the ball kept coming back. You know, there was no outlet. But that was just my opinion. <laughs> what, what do I know? But... It was a fantastically positive afternoon. Great stuff. Well, we'll talk more about that very shortly as we reminisce about the Morecambe and Oxford game and look forward to the game tomorrow at Plymouth. Exclusive commentary here on Mansfield 103.2 of that one. Uh, Let's find out what's been happening in the world of sport today. It's been a busy one, uh, so let's go through all that for you now. We start with Mansell Town boss Adam Murray, who will be sat in the stands at Plymouth tomorrow for the first time since he became a manager. He's been given a one-match touchline ban following his sending off at home to Morecambe last weekend for his conduct. It means he can go into the changing rooms before the game tomorrow at half-time and afterwards. Whilst during the match, he can sit anywhere in the ground but can't have direct contact with those in the dugout. Speaking at the start of the week, Murray hoped his previous blemish-free record would see him escape a ban. Sometimes in the heat at the moment, things happen, so I'm hoping I'll take that into consideration. I'm not someone that bashes and understand that they have a tough job but if they do feel to stick me in the stand then we've got enough in the dugout to sort things out in non-league tomorrow Clipston have special guests for their home match with Nostal Miners Welfare the year 5 and 6 football team from Samuel Barlow Primary School in the village along with their teachers and parents will be given a ground tour meet the players and walk the teams out before the game it's after the side reach the regional finals of the Football League Kids Cup that takes place in Morecambe on the 7th of March highly rated Saracens forward Maro Itajay is in line to make his England Rugby Union debut on Sunday he's been named on the bench for their six Nations game against Italy in Rome. Three changes have been made to the starting lineup, including Ben Youngs replacing Danny Kerr at scrum half. Head coach Eddie Jones says it a Jay is not the finished article just yet. Look, he's a young kid. Uh, he's got a good head on his shoulders. Yeah, he's like a Vauxhall Viva now. So we want to make him into a BMW. Uh, he's got a lot of work to do, but he's got potential. 
And in ice hockey, players at Nottingham Panthers who are not on Great Britain duty this weekend have been enjoying a rare few days off. They're next in action on Wednesday and go into the trip to Coventry on the back of nine wins in 11 games. And forward Cam Jansen says that means they've had a good spell away from the ice. We left in, uh, in high spirits and that's a, a big positive to go on a break like that. That carries over, it does, and you get some rest and hang out with the family for a bit and then come back and then you're re- rejuvenated and, and uh, kind of ready to go. So uh, this is a good break for all of us and uh, we're pumped to play again. Matthew Mansfield, 103.2 Sports Update. Tony Delahunty's back with your local news at the top of the hour. But we'll talk later on about the uh, suspension, the sending off and the touchline ban for yep. Adam Murray later on. Now, because I've not seen the incident, because I've not. It, there's no footage, I've not seen any footage of it, but yep. you were there at the game. And yeah, so. I mean, there wasn't any incident as such when mm. Adam Murray got to, well, it didn't appear to us to do anything to get sent off. He must have been either having a word in the fourth official's ear too much or the mm. referee's ear too much, presumably, Yeah, because we said there wasn't one particular incident, although mm. the referee did I go think, over to him after I think the there is a three-strikes-and-you're-out rule these uh, that's been implemented this yep. year. So you get warned once, you get warned again, third time if you're still at it yeah. off to the stands you and get he, and he seemed to get sent off after the penalty had been saved mm. which suggests that perhaps he, he carried on <laughs> moaning and groaning yeah <laughs> we'll talk more about that very very shortly here on Manchester 103.2 keep you up to date with the cricket that's going on at this moment in time oh, England dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. <laughs> England 262 all out uh, Alex Hale's got a 50 again so that's yes, four 50s yep. plus in a row for the Nottinghamshire players Stuart Broad's also playing today uh, he got six in that in reply uh, South Africa 107 uh, for three uh, after 23 over, so you feel that South Africa are going to level the series 2-2. Definitely, because in the last hour, England have dropped two catches. You know, that would have been, I think it would have been 70 or 80-odd for five at mm. the time, and it's a massive thing. They also were very unlucky not to get an LBW. He, he looked plumb. It was an umpire's call, and unfortunately, the umpire gave him not out. Looks like it's going to Sunday and the final game. Yeah, which will be interesting. When England, really, in the first two games, were in total control, weren't they? So that's yeah. a big surprise. In, in some ways, it's not a bad thing, is it? You want to test yourself. So you don't want to win every every game, whatever sport you're in all the mm. time, because you, you just slip your standard slip so this will just be you know a nice kick up the backside for them <laughs> indeed it will be and uh, say so we'll keep you up to date with that one as it goes through its final overs here on Manta 103.2 on sports tour but let's start tonight's program by looking at snooker the world's most popular player is coming to mansfield next month ronnie o'sullivan will be at the towers on friday the 18th and saturday the 19th of march it's the latest of a series of events there and ronnie is coming courtesy of snooker legends that founder of that is uh, jason francis and I asked him how he got the idea for a legends tour I had the idea first in 2009. Um, I had a theatre background and I was doing children's theatre shows, so if anyone in and around Mansfield had ever been to see Bob the Builder or Fireman Sam, that was my production company. And uh, I was looking for other events to do. I had a bit of a background in snooker. I played when I was young. And I noticed that there was no seniors tour. So whereas tennis and golf had a tour thriving for players who'd retired from the main tour, there was no such thing, similar thing in snooker. So that was really where the idea came from. I, I saw the viewing figures from the when these guys played in the 80s, and I realised that those people would still be around and were probably still snooker fans, and uh, the idea was to put a kind of entertaining slant on it. And... Uh, Really, it was designed for Jimmy White and Alex Higgins. It wasn't really designed for Ronnie O'Sullivan, but uh, when uh, when the show started and he, Jimmy told him the fun he was having, Ronnie came on board in 2000, late 2010. We became sort of friends. We've worked together since, and then we launched the idea of doing these club nights, taking him back to his roots. Interesting, you mentioned that there were no senior tour, because you'd have thought of all the sports that are out there, snooker would be would be perfect for seniors, wouldn't you? Because it's uh, it's not like football or tennis, it's not a, a running sport or anything like that, it's just the eyesight goes more than anything. Yeah, yeah, it's not it's not really age-dependent. I mean, uh, it, it, it did surprise me as well, you know, especially when you look at the viewing figures in the 80s where snooker was such a massive sport. I mean, these guys were superstars. Mm. Um, and, you know, I think BBC Two's highest ever uh, sort of vision was the Dennis Taylor-Steve Davis final in yeah. 85. I think that's the most-watched programme there's ever been on BBC Two. So, um, yeah, no, I, I knew the audience was there for sure. So, as you mentioned, it's now become this thing called Snooker Legends. So, you go round and have nights at clubs and, and snooker clubs around the country and you get people to play play the stars and things like that? Yeah, I mean, the, the big events, the, the sort of big theatrical events are slightly different. Um, they are, when, you know, we're very lucky in that, uh, 
you know, we can have audiences in excess of 1,500, 2,000 people, and then you'll see a bill of Ronnie, Jimmy White, Stephen Hendry, Steve Davis, and everyone can meet them, and you see them play each other, so they go through old rivalries. Mm. With the club nights, like we're doing in Mansfield, this was Ronnie's idea to go back to his roots and actually go into clubs and challenge sort of a few of the members there so give them a real up close and personal chance to see him see him in a more relaxed environment when perhaps he isn't under the pressure of tournament snooker um and and to give eight people a night the chance to actually challenge who is you know undoubtedly the world's most popular snooker player and probably regarded as the greatest ever snooker player mm. and uh, he's just come back i mean he's fl- it's amazing isn't he he seems to be a snooker player that, that he can be away for months and then he just comes straight back and wins tournaments like he, he's just done earlier this month well i think the uh, now the professional snooker calendar is so full i mean i think it's it's something like 40 weeks of the year mm. but it's it's impossible for the players to play in everything and not burn out. I mean, there's five or six tournaments in China. They have tournaments in Australia. They, they, they literally go all over the place. And a few years ago, Ronnie identified this, that it was impossible to play in it all. And I think he started picking and choosing um, a little bit before the other top players. And I think he benefited from that because when he does uh, have, have some time away, he comes back fresh. So maybe he was going into the Masters recently a lot more fresh than some of the other players who'd, who'd been on the road for most of the year as well. Mm. It's interesting from him as well, isn't it? I mean, you know, Ronnie more than, than we do. But from the outside, it always looks like he has this love-hate relationship with snooker at times. I mean, he's so great at it, but sometimes he just seems to need to step away from it for a bit. I think, I think like you, Jason, you know, he's been doing the same job for 25 years. Mm. Anyone who does the same job for 25 years is going to have days when, you know what, you think, I've had enough of my job, or I don't feel like going in today. Yeah. And that's kind of as simple as it is. You know, it is, it is a love-hate relationship, of course, but I think we all, to a degree, have a love-hate relationship with our jobs. Um, but I think it's much more of a strategy now that he realises that at 40 years old, um, he wants to pick and choose a little bit more. And in some respects, he's... You know, he's bucking the trend. It's like everyone talks about the the young players and it's a young man's sport. And there is he as one of the elder statesmen now still carrying off the major prizes. Mm. Talk about the, the Mansfield event. I mean, it's been a fantastic response and it shows, doesn't it, just how much people love Ronnie O'Sullivan. Yeah, I mean, great credit to Tony Morgan. But, I mean, the first night we put on just <laughs> sold out instantly. <laughs> so then he, you know, he's very aware that he wanted to give everyone in mansfield area a chance to be able to see ronnie so you know we put it we put a second night on and you know as well as ronnie there you've got uh, michaela tab and willie thorne one night and you've got um uh, you know brendan moore and john virgo another night so you could actually come both nights and see a different lineup as well so you get to meet those players as well and john virgo and willie will do sort of commentary and uh, <laughs> You know, we do the autographs and everyone gets a chance to say hello. So it's it's a much smaller crowd. I mean, it's a limited crowd purely for that. So it becomes a special experience. <laughs> You're not sat in a crowd of a thousand, you know. You, everyone gets a chance to properly say hello to Ronnie, you know, shake his hand and get that autograph. And later this year as well, Stephen Hendry is coming to our area. Yeah, and again, another great initiative. I mean, it's, uh, you know, I, I was explaining to Stephen, who works on the Legends Tour as well, how great the club nights were going and how much Ronnie was liking it. And as I say, we've reinvented it a little bit in that we've tried to take the club exhibition a little bit more upmarket, you know. It's, it's a case of making it an event rather than just what more people would, I guess, associate with being a standard snooker exhibition. So Stephen and Ronnie spoke. Ronnie said to Stephen, look, you should be doing this as well. It's great. We're having fun. They're all organised well. We're working with proper people and proper clubs. And Stephen said, well, yeah, I'd, I'd love to do some as well. So um, Mansfield said, yeah, we'll have some of that as well. And I think it's a fantastic chance. You know, it's, it's tough out there to get children playing sport. And, you know, we're all competing with iPads and iPhones and computers and computer games. And... You just never know. Having a 
sort of hero like Ronnie or Stephen or Jimmy White or Rianne Evans, the 10 times ladies world champion, come into a club may just inspire a youngster to take up snooker. Um, and, you know, they're, they're the future generation. We'll give details about the ticket shortly uh, after this interview, Jason. But let's uh, talk about uh, Snooker Legends. If people want to know more about what you do and, and your and Snooker Legends, what's the best way for them to find out? Well, probably we, we have a website, obviously, which is snookerlegends.co.uk. But everything is very social media based now. So our Facebook page gets updated daily and our Twitter feed, which is just at Snooker Legends, um, will we'll tell you all the events we are doing and all the upcoming events. Um, Judd Trump has just signed up to a series of winner-takes-all matches with Ronnie O'Sullivan, so suddenly now our exhibitions are going to get a bit more serious. <laughs> we seem to be settling rivalry and grudges now, so um, details of that will be announced soon, and I'm really excited about that. And um, hopefully we will bring another Legends Cup back to the UK. We've just had a fantastic event in Ireland where... Uh, Team Ireland, captained by Ken Doherty, beat Team England. So we're looking forward to staging uh, maybe a return leg in the UK as well for that. That was uh, Jason Francis, founder of the Snooker Legends Tour, Ronnie O'Sullivan, coming to the Towers, organised by Tony Morgan, who was mentioned uh, in the interview there as well. And we've we've followed these, haven't we? They've, they've been yeah. a, this is the latest in a long line of these, and yeah, they always seem to work well, the, don't they? Promises to be the best, though, doesn't it? Yeah. You've got you have got a real, real legend. If, you know, an overused word, but he really is Ronnie O'Sullivan. Makes me feel old when he says he's forty. There, I mean, <laughs> yeah. uh, one of the elder statesmen of the That's sport. Right, I remember yeah. when he first appeared. Exactly, is but the yeah. sport these people like him. I watched something. I think it was on the BBC Red a couple of weeks ago with a play about and it was a play a drama if you like about, about snooker Steve in the 80s. Davis yeah. and Alex Higgins and that clearly showed even then you need and Barry Home was very switched on he knew you needed people who were slightly off the wall like Higgins although he didn't sign him up yeah. he needed him in the sport to, to character to create the publicity to create the interest you know the people's players if you like the same with Jimmy White and that's why Barry Hearn did sign him yeah. up because you know he, he knew you needed characters like that Ronnie O'Sullivan's followed on that vein you know he's the one people cheer at Snook you know a game where you'd never have had cheers yeah. years and years ago you suddenly get roars when people like him play because he's exciting he moves around the table quickly and that's what people want to see should be a great couple of nights and it's at the Towers Friday the 18th I think that one sold out already Saturday the yeah. 19th the last I heard there were very few tickets very left few. they might have gone by now, yeah. uh, but uh, it should be a great night, and then Stephen Hendry's coming along later on in the year, we'll keep you up to date with that. Uh, Sports Talk here on Manso 103.2, we got a ticket competition of our own tonight, we've got uh, one pair, one of two pairs of tickets you can win uh, for next Saturday's home game for the Stags against Dagenham and Redbridge. Uh, tonight's question is, who scored Mansell late equaliser at Oxford on Tuesday night? Bounced back well after conceding a penalty uh, on Saturday, uh, it didn't amount to much in the end, but uh, it was a good equaliser in the end. You're right, but Oh, the penalty decision. <laughs> Don't get More about that after six. That. Yeah, we'll, we'll keep you that one. We'll keep yeah. that one uh, uh, sort of boiling on the uh, on the pot at the moment. Uh, call us 01623 Who scored Mansfield late equaliser at Oxford on Tuesday night? You'll be in the draw uh, to win one of two pairs of tickets for next Saturday's home game against Dagenham and Redbridge. When we come back, we'll talk about sin bins in cricket. They could be happening. Mansfield 103.2 Sports with United Carpets and Beds. Visit us in store for the latest deals on flooring and beds at Mansfield Woodhouse and Kirkby and Ashfield. UnitedCarpetsandBeds.com. Sports talk here on Mansfield 103.2. Let's talk cricket now, shall we? The lawmakers of the game, the MCC, announced this week they're looking at plans to bring sin bins into the sport. Uh, they'll be used to combat ill discipline and could see players miss 10 overs or even the rest of the match if their conduct is not up to scratch. It's due to be trialled in clubs, school, and university cricket. Former Notts Premier League chairman Peter Johnson was not too pleased with the idea when I put it to him earlier this week. If you'd have said to me it was April Fool's Day, Jason, I would have uh, said, well, I can understand it. I've never heard anything so daft in my life. Um, I don't think cricket has a major problem in terms of discipline. Certainly not in Nottinghamshire cricket. You get the few isolated incidents where people get very, very angry, but generally... Um, I, I don't think cricket has a major discipline problem. But the idea to put a sin bin up, it, I, I believe, just totally unworkable. I mean, how, how do you know how long a man is to be off the field, when he can come back on, whether he can bat, whether he can bowl? I mean, if a, bat, a batsman's at the crease, how, how, you know, and you take him off for 10 minutes, does that mean he can resume his innings straight away? I just think it's unworkable, and I think it's a bomb pot idea. <laughs> Alistair Cook has said, uh, the, the England captain, that it could make the game too PC, and it will get rid of the, the passion in the game. Absolutely. I mean, uh, uh, if, if a 
bowler runs into bowl and he beats the bat several balls in succession, he's allowed to show a little bit of frustration. And I think that umpires, it'll just make their job incredibly harder. The umpires do an excellent job. They have full control of the game. They, they, they really do an excellent job. And to add more pressure onto them by sin bins and so on and so forth is, I, I, I just... I just think it's totally and utterly ridiculous and unworkable. Yeah, the current situation is, I mean, players do get punished, don't they, if their, co if their go to conduct during a game isn't spot on? Absolutely. You know, the umpires uh, report them after the match. For example, in our Notts Premier League, um, there is a report filled in after every game, and any indiscipline is reported to the league, and if it is serious indiscipline, that player can be suspended for four or five matches. And it's all down to the umpire, and we have an excellent panel of umpires in Nottinghamshire, and they do a good job any indiscipline always reported back to the leagues and the leagues take action no need to do it there and then on the spot that is very silly so the mcc are saying that it's going to be trialed in club cricket university cricket and, and other forms so if it comes to nottinghamshire uh, what, what would your advice be to the local leagues would it be to take it on board to go with it or, or say what a ridiculous idea this is um, I think the initial thing is to say it's a, a ridiculous idea and leave it to the umpires. But if it is going to be trialled, um, unfortunately, ECB can be very strong in, in their powers and they'll probably ask Nottinghamshire to go along with it. So um, in that case, Nottinghamshire might not have a lot of choice in the matter. And that worries me greatly. That was Peter Johnson, former Notts Premier League chairman, talking about the idea of sin bins. And everybody I've heard talking about this this week have been poo-pooing and thinking it's a terrible idea. Tim Morris, you you think otherwise. I, I, I can see some merit in it. I understand at the moment, because it's not been thought out completely, it, it does sound unworkable, as in if a batsman is sin bin, if like, can he come back and start his innings, <laughs> as was suggested by Peter Johnson. Mm. But, for me, one of the minor punishments that they've put forward is, I think it's five runs would be deducted. Yeah. For me, that's eminently workable and could happen straight away. And when you look at the statistics, I think uh, cricket bosses are saying, was it five games last year in the country had to be abandoned because of violence? Mm. There clearly is a problem, and there clearly is an issue of sorts. But, but hold on, but five games in how many games played across the country? Isn't yeah. this a, a sledgehammer to crack a nut then? Not necessarily, no, because, I mean, I've been at cricket matches and sometimes it does go a bit over the top. <laughs> I mean, I understand what uh, Alistair Cook was saying with, with the advent of stump microphones, if you like, that has definitely cut it down a bit yeah. at international level, there's no doubt about that. And you do need characters, you do need a bit of spice, I don't want to sanitise it completely, but who says, you know, the umpires have got to impose any any um, punishments, it's only if the players step over the line, if you don't step over the line, there won't be any punishments to impose. It seems bizarre we're having sim bins in cricket, possibly, before football, because you thought football would be a more, you know, yeah. ideal environment for yeah, it. Yeah, I, I agree with you, I mean, it worked, but for me, it works in rugby, doesn't it? Rugby mm. league, it works they in Last okay. night in the yep. St Helens game, a St Helens player was simbin for 10 minutes because he stopped somebody going for a try. He yep. tackled them and stopped and said, off for 10 minutes. And yep. In that time, that's right. Uh, the the uh, Salford got two <laughs> two tries and won the game. The only, the only problem I can see, as Peter Johnson said there, about it, putting more pressure on the umpires, I think you'd need a third umpire or fourth umpire, yeah. whatever, to make those decisions. I mean, if you're on about if you bowled a beamer, you could be sent uh, sent to the simbin. Well, how do you how do you decide if that was deliberate or an accident? Mm. We saw one with the England game in the midweek, you know, and it's slipped out of was it a mowing alley? I can't remember who the bowler was his hand it clearly wasn't deliberate yeah. but it was a beamer would you sim bin him for that you know who makes that decision well it'll be interesting to see what happens over this summer they say they're trialling it in clubs, school and university cricket yeah, so we could see it part, yeah. around here that's this right summer. they're asking for volunteers aren't they to take part in it so mm. hopefully somebody around here will volunteer and step up and then we can go along and have a look or is it a case of Peter Johnson and co being stick in the muds being Luddites don't want to see the game changed P possibly, or move forward I, yeah, possibly agree as I said in my moment last week you know you're all two, two weeks ago sports have got to open their eyes and you know bring new things in to create more interest and you know there are times when cricket does need to create more interest and this will do that yeah peter johnson isn't a luddite by the way i'm no. just saying that as a devil's advocate because <laughs> yes, i know he'll be after yeah, yeah. me very soon he's a forest fan i mean we've all got our crosses to bear <laughs> no. haven't we oh, so at <laughs> the moment you know he'll be on the crest well, of the wave certainly loving it at the moment yeah right uh, we're gonna have the news at six o'clock uh, when we come back here on sports talk uh, don't forget uh, we'll be talking the stags so we've got nathan edge and mick edge uh, spoke to the
them this week. Yep. Uh, Nathan, Great of course, uh, yep. both big Stags fans, yep. known Stags fans, doing a charity walk for the Notts County game. Details about that shortly. We'll also be hearing from Adam Murray and looking back at the week that was for the Stags. This is Sports Talk. Don't forget our ticket competition. One of two pairs of tickets you can win uh, for next Saturday's home game against Dagenham and Redbridge. The phone lines have gone crazy tonight, I must say. So if you're hanging around waiting, don't worry, we'll be with you shortly. Uh, call us 01623 0 The question is, who scored Mantletown's late equaliser at Oxford on Tuesday night? So you have got until 6.45, so if you can't get through now, try again a little bit later. You'll get through and then you'll be in the draw. Mansfield 103.2 Sports with United Carpets and Beds. Visit us in store for the latest deals on flooring and beds at Mansfield Woodhouse and Kirkby and Ashfield. UnitedCarpetsandBeds.com That's 103.2, the strains of On The Ball. Tim hasn't got his headphones on, Nick. He should be listening to this, Tim. <laughs> Best part of the week. <laughs> so it means we're into Mansfield Town territory now. They're on this sports talk on this Friday night. Always great to get into this part of the show. Just for this bit. Just yeah. see Tim oh, just definitely. dancing around the studio. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk stags, shall we? A charity walk will take place on the 16th of April when Mansell Town are home to Notts County. Uh, walkers will make the 16-mile journey from Meadow Lane to the Wonkle Stadium. Behind it is Nathan Edge, a stags fan we know very well here. He uh, lost his sight completely, of course, a couple of years ago. His dad, Mick, also popped in uh, to the Towers earlier this week. And Nathan told me uh, a little bit about the walk and says it is, again, for an excellent cause. It's the same as it was uh, when we did the World Chessfield again. It's going to be for guide dogs. Um, I was really overwhelmed actually last time because it, it raised over three grand, and mm. that, it, it, it shocked me. Um, great support from uh, both, you know, about both from Stags fans and Chessfield supporters. So, um, you know, anything like like the same as that as last time, you know, we'll be we'll be really happy with that. So, um, I'll I'll be there. Uh, I'll be I'll be joining in with uh, with everybody as well. Um, and uh, really, it's kind of a good send away for me because the following week I'm running the London Marathon. So this is kind of our last. Uh, our last fundraising event before we go and uh, yeah. go and run twenty six point two. So peanuts then this charity walk for you. Then won't you'd it? You'd like to think so, wouldn't you? So uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, definitely. As we know, say the guide dogs is something that's close to your heart because you have Hudson. Uh, no Hudson here today. Where is he? No Hudson. He's, he's crying at home. So I've left him to be honest. Uh, yeah, we've, uh, obviously we've, we're only around the corner, so we've nipped out for five minutes. But uh, yeah, I mean he'll be there again on the day. He's, he's going to finish the bit of the walk for us. But you know, it's really it's the opportunity. The reason I'm doing this. Is, uh, I've been fundraising for, for guide dogs for the last uh, last few years since mm. uh, since losing my sight and um, well a lot of you know uh, how much he's, he's come into my life and he's, he's totally turned my life around um, it was 2014 I lost all of my sight completely overnight and uh, it, it rocked me um, I, I wasn't myself for quite a while but luckily for me I already had Hudson uh, he pulled me through that and um, I was able to pick up my life again and uh, I've done more in this last two years than I probably have, have done well probably what I would have ever done really so um, it's been an incredible couple of years but it's thanks to uh, you know my family and um, my friends and everybody who supported me along the way yeah so it is this charity walk Mick, that's coming up and as you hear from Nathan I mean things have changed in his life so much in these last two years you know you'd say for the better wouldn't oh, you? it's yeah. bizarre isn't it absolutely amazing in fact he, he can look at his diary now and I don't even know how he managed to fit all the things in his doing <laughs> you know it's yeah. just uh, one thing but that's what he wants to do and he just wants to give something back because he knows how it's changed his life mm. so um, this is this is why we're doing what, what we did when we went to Chessville we just wanted to once we knew we were playing Knox County again we just wanted to, to do this and um, he didn't want to do response. it for Plymouth uh, this weekend no not, not uh, <laughs> no we'll give that one a miss I think um, you know 16 miles about maximum I think yeah. I think most of us can walk come on Jace you know. he's struggling is it is. That, that, would, that would kill him off <laughs> so, so where's the route taken I suppose it's got yeah. to be very, very carefully plotted, hasn't it? It has, yeah. Um, well, basically, it's mainly all the A the A sixty route. Uh, mm. What we're doing, we're meeting at um, Mansfield at six a.m. It's an early kickoff. It's, it's an, an early kickoff. Kick kick yeah, that's right. Uh, so we're meeting it for six o'clock at the um, Mansfield Town Football Stadium, and the with the Stags are actually sorting. Uh, 
transport to get us to mm. Nottingham, mm -hmm. which we plan on getting there for about quarter to seven. Uh, so, but there's people from Nottingham, there's people come from all different places. What's actually meeting us there? Yeah. So we, we, the plan is to leave Nottingham at um, seven a.m. Uh, we have got a couple of stops on on route, uh, which <laughs> which is one one of the pub is the uh, old spot uh, Daybrook, which is just basically a toilet break, um, yeah. and then. You know, as long as we've got these time scales, what we've got to keep. A couple of crafty to, pints. That would be nice, <laughs> wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, we've got the at, uh, and then our next stop would be at the Ort at Raven's Head. Um, so hopefully by the time we get there, if we're ten minutes in front of us, as <laughs> time schedule. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, and then of course it'll take us straight back down the A60 past the Talbot mm. and plan to get into the ground about uh, quarter past twelve. Yeah, Plen so. it, with plenty of time spare for kickoff, that's uh, that's yeah. it. That's the goal, isn't it? Perfect. Yeah. Well, do you, do you you've talked about uh, spaces being limited at this moment in time. I suppose yeah. you're wanting people to, uh, if they can't take part as well, to sort of back you in other ways as well. Yeah, I mean, there's there's uh, Nathan Pete's just giving just giving sight. I mean, it's all on uh, Facebook and and things like that. Um, but there is a ten pound. Uh, registration fee mm. because we have got to live it, limit it because you know the, through the police and the highways yeah. and all that so it's all got to, we've got to have uh, marshals for the for the walk and things like that so it's not a case that you know you can just basically turn up so it is um, you do need to register to do the walk mm. um, but uh, we've we've had that great response we are even going really public on it for people who want to do it so mm. yeah it's going to be great i'm just hoping weather's going to keep fine but, <laughs> it should uh, be at that time but yeah, we, we, like spring will be on its way and yeah yeah and we've got a hundred percent record of course with uh, with these walks so yeah. another three points in the bag would be nice we'll have to get calvin andrew back exactly <laughs> absolutely and it's all part of what is a busy year nathan for you as well because you talked there about the london marathon yeah but there's also a, a soccer six tournament coming up that you, you you sort of tentatively putting together at the moment there is um and to be honest it's probably going to be even bigger um, personally for me it's the biggest event I've done but uh, luckily I've got a fantastic team around me I've got I've got my old man who's always uh, supporting me <laughs> as well but um, you know uh, the Mansfield Town have been really supportive as well and um, what's coming up it's going to be a six-a-side tournament it's called the East Midlands Soccer Six mm. uh, it's at the Wankel Stadium uh, on the pitch um, and it's going to be between, be between the six East Midlands football teams so we've got Mansfield Chesterfield uh, Notts County Nottingham Forest Derby County and Leicester City and it's for the supporters so um, it's going to be a fantastic event as well as the tournament going on itself we'll have a, a range of other events happening uh, for the spectators as well uh, tickets will be available uh, soon but uh, more information will be released uh, in, in coming weeks I know you've got a, a date sort of penciled in but it, it's, yes. I suppose it all relies on how well the Stags do this season because it's quite close towards the end of the current season isn't it but mm. if the playoffs come into the picture in a playoff final that might it might affect it. it it'll make it interesting I think uh, like I say we um, at the moment the date we've got in is for the 8th of uh, 8th of May which is the, mm. the day after the Cambridge uh, is Cambridge isn't it? yeah Cambridge game uh, the last game of the season um Hopefully we get automatic promotion, and then there's uh, no worries there. <laughs> it's celebration. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I, I think the Mansfield side, um, probably a bit wobbly though, I think that day's still getting over the day before, <laughs> won't they? But, uh, you know, um, if uh, we do get the playoffs, uh, I'm going to have a meeting uh, soon with the club just to decide what will, will happen. Yeah. Um, you know, because obviously at the moment it's looking... Uh, looking very promising uh, so you know uh, again if uh, you can follow um, if you're on Facebook or Twitter we've got the uh, the event page set up it's uh, East Midlands Soccer 6 spelt S-I-X um, and you can get all the latest updates there on Facebook and then again on Twitter it's at EM Soccer 6 S-I-X and just talk about the London Marathon as well I mean this is uh, something you've talked about for, for a while doing isn't it I suppose it's just uh, it's, 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 it's felt, I felt like I've already ran a marathon with all the training coming <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's it's hard work uh, and a lot harder work than I expected, to be honest. Mm -hmm. um, and I've had a few hiccups, uh, so I've also got the arthritis in my knees, which I've had to combat too. So, which is all part of the challenge for me. Um, but you know, um, the week after the Notts County walk, like I said, that's going to be the send off for me. Uh, I then will be running the uh, London Marathon with my guide runner Pete, mm. and. Um, I could have, should have also mentioned earlier that the um, the walk, the money raised for that will be going towards the overall amount raised for the London Marathon, which my target is £7,000. So, um, yeah, if uh, people can come and join us again, limited space are available. But uh, if if not, if you'd like to support us in any other way uh, by, by just sharing what we're doing and also visiting uh, www.justgiving.com forward slash Nathan dash and dash Pete. 
Nathan Edge's dad, Mick Edge, coming in earlier on this week to talk about the things that are coming up. And uh, to say it's a full calendar, it's Amazing, a bit of an yeah. understatement, isn't it? It's packed in more stuff than you and me combined, I think, Definitely. in the next few what, months. What an inspiration, you know. Mm. And he didn't mention there something, you know, I was chatting to me this week or an email with him about blind football as well, something we're yeah. going to hear a bit more about nearer the time, you know, and that's coming to Nottinghamshire, you know, and he's getting involved in that as well, so... <laughs> doesn't sit around does he yeah no, we follow no. the story and of course when he we, we, we knew him before his, his sight completely yep. went there was there was always that fear and that it was going to happen mind, then it did right. happen yep. and he's admitted look I, it took me months to get but, but it would do. get you that know, sorted in my head who but since yeah. then he's uh, he's yeah. just gone on and be somebody to be very very proud of most definitely his dad must be really really proud you know and a lot and a lot of it is obviously down to his parents and giving him that sort of inner belief and determination and, Hudson. and i was about to say getting his guide done <laughs> yeah. he always points to that as being the, the life changing moment if you like getting Hudson you know it suddenly enabled him to do an awful lot more things than he could do before but he, even so he did more than that didn't he decides mm. to go out and raise money so other people can get guide dogs yeah. fantastic he was the national face of guide dogs uh, last year you know and he, he's still doing stuff for them all the time absolutely so the charity walk takes place for the Notts County game you heard all the information on there uh, have a look on Facebook you just need to sort of put in the search engine and yeah, you'll, be, you'll find him straight away edge straight, yeah you'll come up straight away fantastic stuff great stuff that they're doing there as well and thanks for making Nathan for popping in earlier on uh, this week. When we come back after the short break here on Mansell 103.2, uh, we'll look back at the two Stags games that took place, uh, Morecambe and Oxford United. Uh, we'll talk about connection problems as well, as uh, uh, Mansell 103.2's commentary <laughs> yeah. was stopped in its prime, sabotaged. shall we say. Well, I'm not going to say sabotaged, but uh, the, uh, the the cable that we used uh, didn't look the, yeah. the best state yeah. that it's ever been in uh, after we found it at full time but uh, it could have been co- accidental sabotage you're going to say sabotage if you want yeah, conspiracy theory yeah. yeah you like your conspiracy theories we'll talk all about that and what's been happening on the pitch as well but don't forget our ticket competition uh, one or two pair, t- uh, pair of tickets for next Saturday's home game against Dagenham and Redbridge uh, just tell us who scored Mansell late equaliser at Oxford on Tuesday night 01623 is the number to, sco- number to call uh, call us before 6.45 when we come back we'll find out how the Stags have done this week Mansfield 103.2 Sports with United Carpets and Beds. Visit us in store for the latest deals on flooring and beds at Mansfield Woodhouse and Kirkby and Ashfield. UnitedCarpetsandBeds.com. Sports talk here on Mansfield 103.2 with me, Jason Harrison, and Tim Morris in the studio. Now, Mansfield Town added four more points to their tally with a win at home to Morecambe on Saturday and a battling draw at Oxford on Tuesday. That was the week that was for the Stags, although it didn't start great against Morecambe. Allison's got it just inside the D, shoots and scores. Came from nowhere, 59 seconds on the clock. And once again, Mansfield Town conceding very early on at home. Forward by Blair and then headed into the net. Mansfield are level. Matty Blair is uh, being credited with the goal. Landing with the Mansfield corner. It's a good one and it's headed into the net. Christian Pierce with a bullet header inside the goal area. Stags on 24 minutes are ahead time in this game. Nice turn there and a penalty kick has been given for a foul on Fleming. He was pulled down inside the area. Miller shoots. Oh, saved by Shearer. Diving to his left. Miller denied from 12 yards. And it's a penalty given against Jack Thomas for a handball. The spot kick being taken. And for the second time Shearer makes the save. Paul Mullen denied by Shearer. And uh, Adam Murray will be sent to the stands here by the Benning takes the corner in towards the near post, headed away by Oxford. Back to Pierce, just outside the box. Pumps it into the area. Goalkeeper under pressure, he's lost it. And Stags headed into the back of the net. Mansfield Town with Matt Green have scored here. The goalkeeper in all sorts of problems. Slocum there. He flapped to the ball inside the six-yard box. Green pounced and he has his tenth of the season. And midway inside the first half. The Stags lead at high-flying Oxford. Oxford have it just outside the box. Here's Ken. Kenny near the dead ball line, good cross, Hilton heads home, 1-1, Oxford United have found a leveller on the half hour mark, it was a good cross from the dead ball line and there was Hilton from close range to do the rest, heading beyond Scott Shearer, Stags had a man on the line but he could get to it. Head to the back of the net. And Oxford United, Sir Hilton, have a second. First bit of sloppy marking for me all night from the start. It was completely unmarked in the penalty box. 
no chance whatsoever for Scott Shearer. Maguire back onto this near left side. Swung back in by Benning. Goalkeeper is comfort again. He's missed it. And Stray's still headed into the earth today now. In almost the 90th minute. Jack Thomas has made it 2-2. It was like Pinball Wizard there, weren't it? Absolutely crazy. The players are still celebrating. The locals are happy. The Stag fans are happy. And that header just dropped in. It's finished here. Oxford United 2. And still count 2. That was the week that was for the Stags. Tuesday's draw was uh, sort of by the fact that we lost uh, connectivity yep. completely. Uh, to the, the players, the players had just come out for the second half, and Steve-O and Dean uh, were in full flow and just lost them. Yep. Couldn't get them back and all that, and we wondered what was going on. Couldn't find anything, uh, and so we had to use mobile phone. In the old days, you'd have had a landline that you could have used That's and right, a phone, yeah, telephone, yeah. Uh, but they don't have them in club pre- uh, press boxes no, anymore. Long, long gone. So, so you have to use a mobile phone. Mobile phones are terrible when there's uh, loud noise around you. They pick up everything. So it's not a great second option, but unfortunately. It was the only option you can have in those things and then at full time uh, we found that the, the wire had been severed Either somebody must yep. have just stood on it and it just got, got cut right through, through it though, with it a heel or something like over, that over the edge of a step yeah. perhaps so it was very, yeah. that, that took the gloss off it because we really wanted to bring the best coverage we could on, on Tuesday night and, and we failed because of that so hopefully tomorrow we'll be fine at Home Park but I have to say although obviously at times it was difficult to distinguish what was happening the atmosphere it created you know, <laughs> it take, takes you back to like the 70s and that's the, what a lot of people were saying it's a bit like the old days the yeah. World Cup you know and listening in Mexico or whatever and things <laughs> like that when the, the sound was that sort of baffled sound or area so in some ways particularly when we get the late goal as well it just adds to it made, yeah. made it more exciting but that's enough about that because we're not talking about us we're talking about Mansfield Town because what a week it has been what, yeah. what character they showed to come back in both games and you know to, to come back firstly on Saturday very very you know to go down in, in 58 seconds was it 53 yeah. seconds and come back pretty quickly from that to you know all right the first goal perhaps a little bit lucky but it was good to see that Blair had the confidence to have it have a shot the second goal we've been saying all season Christian Pierce has looked a threat from set pieces and corners and he tends to head them wide this time he left unmarked you know mm. whether it was well rehearsed well rehearsed I don't know but certainly finished it well but then for Scott Shearer to save the two penalties <laughs> the first was a penalty I don't think people blaming the referee saying he was rubbish it, it was a clear penalty mm. for anybody who hasn't seen it on television he pulled his shirt back you, you can't argue with it the second one total opposite never a penalty for me in I think though years. in the rules of the game these days that is a penalty it if, was you, so if your arm's in an unnatural position it and it really it, that unnatural and it, it was so close person shooting whatever mm. it seemed very harsh but the referee seems if you've got your arms up it was odd because Matty Blair afterwards said he thought the first one was harsh <laughs> and the second one was and yeah. also even players That's don't right. know I know you probably a referee, have a different vantage yes. point to everybody else yeah. I suppose but I think what happened with the referee though he, he became more and more inconsistent as the game went on mm. that's what infuriates managers no doubt Adam Murray yeah. and players as if well if it's a pull if Tafazali gets done for a pull in your area you expect the same thing to happen exactly. in the opposite yeah. area and Kevin Ellison very experienced player I'd love to have him in your team if <laughs> would say because he won so many free kicks so he very cutely went down every mm. time under pressure the referee gave it would, did he do the same at the other end no no, he didn't mm. and that's what angers people and then Adam Murray was sent off and we found out yeah. that he's got this one match ban I mean you you said it was difficult to see really what was going there wasn't really one specific incident well that, I'm, uh, I'm guessing he kept moaning at the referee about mm. the award of the second penalty because after the second penalty was saved he, he was sent off. Yeah, so I, that, that must be it. I said towards the start of the show as well. There is a three strikes and a rule out. You know, and you're out rule. Yeah. Uh, you see, if you see what I mean. You know, if you do it twice, you get warned once, twice, third time. That's it. You go to that's the, right, the yeah. stand. But it was, uh, and uh, people have asked why. It's to, it was yesterday we found out. That's when the disciplinary panel sits on a Thursday. On a Thursday. Yeah. So that's why it wasn't found out until. That's why and it's this game, not Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah. So. But as you were telling me off air, into in, all intents and purposes, it's not going to really affect what he does during the game. Yeah, I was speaking to people about it in the know and basically it means he can take the team talks at uh, before the game and half time and yep. full time he can go into the dressing room and he can sit anywhere in the ground during the game apart from within the technical area yep. so it could be I, I can't remember how home park is set up uh, but he could sit in the seats the rows of seats behind yep. uh, the dugout he couldn't talk to his technical te- the team that's in the technical dugout directly face to face but he could be on a phone talking to them ridiculous. that way that's just ridiculous isn't it yeah. so we wait and see he'll probably go in the box in the director's yeah. box that's probably where he'll go tomorrow and in some ways it'll give him a, trying to get him in the commentary box yeah, but I don't know good. if that'll turn, <laughs> no. that'll turn out but, but it'll give him a different view of matches yeah. and performances and perspective on things and you know in some ways he can turn it to his advantage mm. and we'll find out but uh, it will be an interesting one for him uh, he's always learning and this is the yeah. first time he'll learn on this what will he learn do you think from his behaviour his conduct on, on the Saturday do you I 
I think, think it, I think it'd be very, we we don't know what he said. I mean, he, mm. he said afterwards, didn't he? He didn't do anything wrong. So mm. presumably, it was just for persistent moaning, if you like. It wasn't for foul language and abusive language. I don't think you can take that out of a footballer and a football manager when they're so passionate and the fans as well we all moan yeah. and groan at referees decisions it's very very hard to bite your lip and not say anything interesting though that he gets that and who was it was the um the former Blackburn manager that punched a hole in the in the dugout a couple of seasons ago. Do you remember? Yeah, I can't remember the guy's Not name now. Uh, yeah, but he yeah. did. And he he yeah. didn't get. He got away with that completely, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, that's thought, right. Yeah. Hold on a minute. You can punch a hole through a, a dugout, but you know, you, you just say a say few, few naughty choice, words. Choice words, yeah. And, but you know, Adam Murray insisted he didn't say anything that hmm. bad. As I say, he, he's, we know Adam Moore is passionate, you know, and that's what you want from a manager. You don't want somebody who's just stood at the sidelines, yeah. arms folded, not reacting to what's happening and not doing anything. And you know, even if we lose tomorrow, people, I'm sure people won't say it's down to Adam Murray not being in no. the dugout. No, he's got, he's got people that, there that can do the job and more know exactly than, what the situation people, is and what it'll be right, all yeah. about. Yeah. Uh, so from the Morecambe game, it was to Oxford on Tuesday night. You yeah. go to Oxford and think, oh, not really got a huge chance here because Oxford are, are flying and no, no, doing well. See, you asked me that last week and mm. I said no I, I preferred the away game because we've been playing so well away from home yeah. this season because the pressure's off fewer fans we know what Adam Murray thinks, thinks about that he thinks that gives the players a lift almost although after, having, after last Saturday clearly that's now not the case mm. but no I went there full of confidence we'd get a result or, but I have to say when it got to 85-86 minutes and we were losing you, you, you do begin to lose heart what about the fact that the Stags are fourth in the table? Still haven't beaten the side in the top half of the table. That's still something that's going to, on now. If we're getting it in the playoffs, we've got to rectify that. Hmm. You can't see us staying in tomorrow. the playoffs. Why not? Yeah. But, you know, the pressure's on Plymouth, just like the pressure was on Oxford and the home fans, you know, moaning and groaning at, at the end, as, as you would expect, you know, for, for a side in the top three. We've got to go there with no fear once again, go there. I mean, we, first half at Oxford, we dominated. I can see that happening again tomorrow. We've just got to be a bit more clinical in front of goal and take the chances and kill the game off. Oh, the Stags a shoe-in for the playoffs? No, 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 nowhere near, I'm afraid. We've played a few more games more than people around and you often say you'd rather have the points in the bag and yes, I probably agree with that. That statistic you pointed to there about not beating a team in the top half, we've got to rectify that, otherwise we won't get in the playoffs. Well, we'll find out, we'll know April, May time, won't we? It's certainly going to be fun finding no matter out what, along the now, way. It's going to be very exciting, you know, we're going to stay in contention for the playoffs for the next six, seven, eight weeks, no matter what. And they've got exclusive commentary tomorrow afternoon here on Mansfield 103.2 Plymouth Argyle against Mansfield Town. Saturday sports starts at 1. We'll get team news at around about 2 o'clock. When we come back, we'll have our weekly prize draw and from Mansfield Town, that is, of course, and the Adam Murray interview. Uh, we spoke to him before the FA Disciplinary Board had their meeting, so we didn't get a chance to speak to him directly about that. So we talked to him about Plymouth. We'll find out his thoughts on that next. Don't forget our ticket competition tonight. One of two pairs of tickets for next Saturday's home game against Dagenham and Redbridge. Uh, last call for your calls now. Uh, who scored Mansfield Town's late equaliser at Oxford on Tuesday? 01623 treble O before 6.45 and you'll be in the drawer it's 6.33 Mansfield 103.2 Sports with United Carpets and Beds visit us in store for the latest deals on flooring and beds at Mansfield Woodhouse and Kirkby and Ashfield unitedcarpetsandbeds.com <laughs> Welcome back to Sports Talk here on Mansfield 103.2. We'll hear from Adam Murray uh, very shortly indeed, the Mansfield Town Manager. But let's have this week's Mansfield Town Weekly Prize draw results, sponsored by the Mansfield Mobility Centre. Uh, Fifteen prizes to give away this week. You can get the full list, of course, on the club's official website, mansfieldtown.net, if you miss any of them in the next couple of minutes or so. Starting with a bottle of wine, courtesy of Mansfield Manor Hotel. That goes to 792. That's Mrs. Stevenson. Another bottle of wine from the Mansfield Mobility Centre, 850, James Weaver. A free round of golf for one person at Mansfield Golf Club. This week's ticket winner is six. That's Catherine Whitlam. A Mansfield Town Football in the Community Voucher goes to 623 and that's Chalky. Family Pass for Water Meadows in Mansfield 1114. B Allsop. A meal voucher to the value of £15 at the Black Ball in Mansfield. Uh, that goes to 789. Mr M. Well done Mr M. A meal for two of the Railway Inn in Mansfield 424. That's Doug Carroll. Two bar meals at the King's Arms Pop Inn in Mansfield 888. That's Gaz Tyres. A £10 Indian Mint Mill voucher at the Mint Indian Restaurant in Mansfield 1169, that's Kath and Keith a Sunday lunch, which is two courses for two people at the Lakeside in Pleasley goes to 807, that's Fiona, well done Fiona 
A £20 meal voucher in the Crown and Anchor Bar Restaurant in Mansfield, 630 Jez Walker. And a £25 voucher for Frankie and Benny's, 958 Ivan. Well done, Ivan. Top three this week, meal for two voucher in the Sandy Pate Sports Bar. That's 745 John W. Two match day tickets go to 588, that's Alf. And the first prize this week, it's a very useful £175. And that goes to the following ticket number, 903. And that's Barbara that has won that. Well done, Barbara. You've won the £175 for this week. To claim your prize, simply call in at the Snags Ticket Office. You must have your winning ticket with you when you go there. Or you can call 01623 482482 to have your own regular number and play automatically from just £1 a week. That's this week's Mansfield Town Weekly Prize draw results, sponsored by the Mansfield Mobility Centre. Next on Sports Talk, let's hear from Mansell Town boss Adam Murray then, shall we, who's delighted his side's performances. Uh, this last couple of weeks is certainly clear, uh, and at yesterday's press conference, ahead of tomorrow's game at Plymouth, he uh, he joked that his main priority this week has been to try and get some sleep when he could. We've had a couple of tough weeks, obviously we went Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday a couple of weeks ago, so a lot of rest and a, a lot of um, recovery time, but at the same time we... We're working on our, our different game plans that we feel can get results against different opposition. Um, and Plymouth will be another massive test for us. They're, they're in the league, in their position, for for good reason. They're a very good team. Um, so we're going to have to go there and, and set up in a way that we feel will get the best out of that game. I think we've... Uh, Tuesday we played five different formations. <laughs> so that's the the, uh, the good thing about this squad is tactically they're very aware and they, they take the inf- information on and, and then carry it out. So we've we've got three or four systems that we can we can play um, within a game. We, whatever one we start with, we know that we can flip it um, in game and, and be effective doing that. So that's the strength of ours. So we'll set a game plan up. Um, it will be different to Tuesdays because it's a different a different enemy. Um, and we'll, we'll go and try and win the game. You don't have long to try and prepare for it, though. We, you've got today, Thursday, but I presume you, you're going down tomorrow, Friday. Uh, so there's not a lot of time to get ready. No, there's not much um, preparation time within Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday. Uh, we try and plan ahead as much as we can without <coughs> taking our after next one. Um, but yeah, it's we have certain game plans for certain oppositions, so it will be for the lads a case of just refocus. Really, uh, we'll do a. A lot of work over the next 48 hours, and and then we'll we'll go into battle with a an excellent Plymouth side. Would you have done some preparation probably in the past then with one eye already on Plymouth, thinking right, we'll try this in training for a little bit and see how this works. So it's in there a little bit. Uh, yeah, obviously we're in League Two, so um, a lot of teams have the same traits. Um, so you you have a general way of dealing with certain things, and you have a a few ways that you go about um, affecting other teams depending on their weaknesses so it's about just putting them things together for, for individual games and, and then there might be the odd one or two things that you, you look at the opposition um, and say they're either strong at that or the weak at that um, and be aware of it or take take advantage of it so um, a lot of work will go in over the next 48 hours but the boys are in good spirits sometimes you have to you have to just go with the momentum and, and go with the flow and um, I think after Saturday's game, people looked at these two games and said anything would have been a bonus because they are two top three teams in the league. So um, Plymouth will be expected to beat us at home. Brilliant. Plymouth here, of course, early on in the season, it was a very tight game, wasn't it? Yeah, and I think in the first ten minutes we probably should have been two down, but we, we managed to get ourselves back in the game. Um, a very cagey game. Um, a very hard-fought game for both teams and... I think it was the same as Oxford here, though two two very similar performances. So, um, like I say, we're not expected to get anything on on Saturday, so we can go there with, with no pressure on us and and try and beat them. They've got to beat us to to stay in the the top three and try and um, catch Northampton. So, um, I expect they they expect to get promoted this season. That were now. Our, our main target this year so no pressure on Saturday we'll go there enjoy it and give them a fight and try and beat them they, they won't have played in a fortnight when they play on Saturday whereas you've played a lot of games in between does that affect the way you're approaching it? No it works it works both ways for both teams we're, we're going off adrenaline at the minute we're, we've got a lot of momentum a lot of energy so um, we're in game mode I think it, when you haven't played for a couple of weeks it, it takes you maybe a game to get going again or you, you come back fresh so it's um <laughs> 
it works two ways. It's they'll have their own way of the, how they've prepared. Um, we know the pitch isn't the best up there at the minute. Um, and normally it's a car pitch, so it'll be interesting to see how how that plays out. But yeah, we're looking forward to the game. We're, we're in a great run of results after Plymouth. We've got. Um, another tough group of games so we're just going to keep ticking ticking each one off see how many points we can get this season um, and then continue our, our building and our process for, for next year Adam Murray there speaking at yesterday's press conference which came before the news that he had been banned for the game the FA yep. announcing at around about half past two yesterday afternoon that uh, had taken place we will miss the game tomorrow in the dugout anyway but he will be uh, in the stadium interesting we're talking about the game there he's, he's quite clearly pushing all the pressure away from his and team and, and piling it all on Plymouth and quite rightly so and he's spot on as we saw on Tuesday night in Oxford and the fans getting on their back if you're in the top three you're playing at home no matter who you're playing against well, even if it's fourth place yeah even if it's fourth place your home fans expect you to win and you know and, and I'm afraid or well, not afraid but these clubs like Plymouth you know they, they are big time Charlies some of them and they mm. think it's little old Mansfield Town <laughs> and they think they've got some divine right to win and unfortunately over the years they have got the better better of us down at Plymouth I remember it was a couple of years ago and Beavers made an unfortunate slip mistake you know and cost us big time when he almost pulled off a shock result it can happen and I'm sure we'll, we will get a positive result tomorrow interesting what Adam there was saying about the points total is, is mm. it now we've got as many points now exactly the same as last season as we yes. got last season what a fantastic achievement <laughs> for mid- midway almost midway through February although he did say on Tuesday night it's not a milestone he's interested in because last year it wasn't his side he was just in charge of a ship and making sure that it wasn't hitting the iceberg this time round it is him He said, this is basically he says my first year in management and really yes and he's right and fair play to him I think m- the vast majority to Stags fans see it as a massive milestone mm. because it means we're not going to get relegated yeah. basically and that that is such a big achievement after you know, recent years of, of flirting if you like down there last season was a horrible horrible January, February, March, April wasn't it I keep harping on about that game against Tranmere <laughs> what an awful night that was when effectively we got the win that kept us mm. up this season's been like a breath of fresh air despite the uh, odd home form at times and the odd home performances so going back to your point before there isn't any pressure mm. on us we, we just go down there and play with a bit of freedom we'll be fine it's odd to talk about promotion seasons and it, it, people start saying carried away but it does it's that we're in that same sort of position that we were at this time of the year in the in the promotion season weren't we? and then there was that massive yep. run towards we the end if, on a really good run if that's they put right. a run together and luck, luck was with us you have to say yeah. on that promotion season you think back to say the likes of Barrow away hmm. where we sort of dug out a result when we probably didn't play that well and we could <laughs> easily have lost had we been at the bottom of the table yeah. you do get bits of luck once you, you start on a momentum going upwards if you like you know you mm. even go back to last Saturday and you think about the equaliser you know Matty Blair's shot comes off the head of one of their players and goes in the top corner you, yeah yeah that, that's the sort of thing you want to go your way can set you off on fantastic runs and we're already on a run now as it is it's, it's four, four unbeaten, unbeaten now yeah. that's right yeah we've sort of got the monkey off our back with the, the home win last Saturday there's every reason to go down tomorrow for me it's a decent decent width pitch if you like Give, give Matty Blair another game. He's you want an attacking formation. Not go, but no. you know. But Baxendale, get him on the ball. We've shown mm. his quality. He almost scored a fantastic goal Tuesday night. It was a really good save that denied him. Get those players on the ball and keep two up top because it clearly works. We'll find out tomorrow how they will line up around about two o'clock. Uh, Plymouth against Mansfield Town, exclusive commentary here on Mansfield 103.2. When we come back, it's the final part of our Sports Talk programme this evening, and we've got Morris's Minute Moan, and we'll find out what's been happening in Sports, po- the sports Talk Predictor. There's actually been points, f- you know, <laughs> what is it, flowing like, yeah. like what, what's the phrase, flowing like? <laughs> it's like running water. They're running water, that's, that's, that's it, yeah. <laughs> Everywhere right this week, centre, yeah. for the first time ever. We're back after this short break. Mansfield 103.2 Sports with United Carpets and Beds. Visit us in store for the latest deals on flooring and beds at Mansfield Woodhouse and Kirkby and Ashfield. UnitedCarpetsandBeds.com. Before Morris's minute moment, let's find out what's happening in the cricket. It's getting very tight all very, of a sudden. Very, very tight, isn't it? Ben Stokes just taking another wicket. That's South Africa 210 for seven, chasing oh. 263 to win. Basically, they need to run a ball so for the last nine overs. So England really need to get the wickets. And the fact was, England didn't uh, bat out their 50 overs for no. their 262, did they? Well, yeah, unfortunately, sure. Broad rather threw his wicket away when uh, Rashid was collecting some decent runs at the end of the innings. But another good one for Alex Hales. Nothing which is Alex Hales. Yep. His fourth straight half uh, half century uh, and, on that tour. Uh, sorry, an eighth wicket as we oh, speak. Oh, so, ah. yeah, two hundred and ten for eight. Rabard is out. Topley's got going to win the series. Going to yep. win the series. Let's, fingers crossed. Yes, they do. If they win this one, they do win the series three one. Yep. Morris's minute moan. I don't totally agree with him. 
It's just down to greed. Oh, dear. Well, she's either angry or drunk. Dear, oh, dear. Why are we playing this game? We don't need to play it. Dear, dear, dear. I would throw them both out. It's obscene. It's a disgrace. Some people just moan for the sake of it. Indeed they do, and his name is normally Tim Morris, <laughs> if you want to know somebody. It's Morris's Minute Moan. Every week we give Tim uh, 60 seconds of airtime to talk about something that has been really getting on his uh, back, and his goat and all that sort of thing, uh, this uh, past week. So what is it this week, Tim Morris? Right. When will uh, Premier greedy Premier League football club bosses learn that the vast majority of their supporters, their paying customers, live in the real world? A world where the minimum or living wage is the norm. A world where salaries paid to top white footballers, not to mention chief executives, are viewed by many as obscene. Don't these bosses who are happy to sanction wages like the new one for Jamie Vardy, reported to be a mere 80 grand a week, realise that the vast majority of their fans wouldn't earn close to half of that in a year? And they can't afford the proposed season ticket rises for next season. The latest TV deals mean that top fight clubs will be awash with even more money next year. They could even afford to let people in for free next season and make more money than they are doing this season. The Liverpool 77th minute walkout uh, last weekend showed there is a groundswell of opinion amongst the fans rebelling against these price rises. Some clubs in the Premier League have been trying to cap away day match tickets at £20. Guess who's trying to stop them? The greedy elite of Liverpool and Arsenal. Perfect. A minute's moaning there from Tim Morris. I must admit, when I heard the stat about the fact that because of the TV deal next year, uh, all clubs could just, in the Premier League, could let everybody yep. in for free for every game and they would still have the same revenue as this year. Yep. That just shows you just how ridiculous this was that That's Liverpool right. did, first of all. That's right. What yeah. were they thinking? Why, what, what, exactly. And they're, they're all right. Some people are saying, patting on the back, saying, well done for listening to the fans and in taking it's still away 59 the quid exactly <laughs> and they shouldn't do it in the first place and the point yeah. is as we've said they could let everybody in for free why not do it for a season and get some goodwill back at the top level of football you have to say it is just the Premier League mm. who get all the money from the TV deals and it's not necessarily the TV deals in this country it's the worldwide money that's now coming in that is making it so obscene you know you look at the stags we need income through the gate without that there wouldn't be a Mansfield Town Football Club there would be a Liverpool Football Club that, that's the difference yeah and, and the fact we're hearing now managers talking about it Jurgen Klopp saying yep. these ticket prices are ridiculous Slavin yep. Bilic that's right. has said Jamie Carragher joined the walkout at Liverpool yeah. the, the fact yep. that they are this is now being said by managers within clubs yep. fans are now beginning to walk out that 10,000 at Liverpool was fantastic there's going to be yep. another protest on Sunday Arsenal at the Arsenal Leicester yep. game and there was the tennis balls in, in Germany wasn't there a game yep. in Germany this week they were going on about a game that, that was I think it was 50 odd quid and yeah. they're saying the, there's this fallacy that German football is actually quite cheap there are actually expenses uh, tickets as well, there as well. Right, yeah. is, it, is it beginning to turn? Are we beginning Definitely. to see that the fans are beginning to, to have enough of this? They, they, you know, they're not going to be the cash cow any longer, if you like, is it? And the, the point is, of course, now with the television coverage, every goal from every Premier League game is available on the internet and on television, you know, and with you know with the advent now of Sky Plus and iPlayer and things like that, you can see the goals any time on your phone, on your tablet, on your computer. You don't need to go to the games to see them. But they need full stadiums, don't that's the whole the point this looks good that, it looks fantastic that is the only empty. reason they get all the money from worldwide TV because of the atmosphere and because of the full stadiums mm -hmm. that's the only reason if, like you say it was going to backfire on them I'm afraid simple as that simple as that right let's uh, well I can't disagree with your moan this week Makes it, I think it is actually I, I'm trying to find a contrary thing but uh, I can't they, sh they should for one season let everybody in free the goodwill would be massive and it's interesting that they announced and unveiled their new logo this week Premier League which looks disgusting <laughs> Cheap, and and yeah. it looks like a fat cat. Yeah. So I think it is a perfect logo for the Premier That's League right. at the, the moment. The problem is they, they won't care the bosses. You know, they live in such a different world that most of them won't care. Well, the thing is, though, what was it? Liverpool, it's American owners. Do you think yeah. they seriously miscalculated with this and didn't, yes. didn't understand what the, the, the reasons seem, are seem, here? They seem fans. to think football clubs. Customers. Yeah, they seem to think you can put the price up every year. It's a done deal. You know, they, you expect it to do it, so they do it without thinking. Mm. And I do understand some of the arguments that Ian Eyre Liverpool was putting forward about there are cheaper options and whatever, and the 77 thing was just one ticket price, if you like. But, you know, why? what are you thinking of in the first place? Well, why aren't you bringing prices down? Hopefully it'll be the start of a move in that direction. As yeah. you say, people talk about football at this level and the prices here, but the amount of money and the revenue you get from Gates is far higher percentage-wise of the, the of total being, income that's right, yeah. uh, that just, you get in the Premier League. just a fraction. That's yeah. right. right, let's uh, move on, shall we, to the Sports Tour predictor. <laughs> 
Every week there are four games, four, four, four football games. Yeah. <laughs> Keep back in. Four football games. That could have ended up being quite dodgy, that, isn't it? <laughs> uh, and we try to predict the scores. Myself and Tim and a random number generator called Trevor. And we try and uh, find out if we are brilliant at guessing what's going to be happening in the world of football, Tim, or whether a random number generator that just plucks numbers out of the air does better than us. It didn't last week. Well, we'll find out very shortly. Three <laughs> points if you get the score correct, one if you get the result correct. Uh, last week, uh, I got four points because I predicted the uh, result correct for all four sides. So I didn't get any scores right, but I got the results right. Solid. So it was a solid yep. performance. It was a good one there. Yourself and Trevor both said that the Stags would beat Morecambe 2-1. So you both got three points yeah. there, and you also got a point for saying that Shybrook would beat Winterton Rangers. So uh, I, I got four, you got four, Trevor got four. So after 27 weeks, I'm top with 64, then it's yourself and Trevor on 59. Unbelievable. Uh, it's getting very, 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 very close, tight, isn't it? Yeah, very it's tight. amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Have you got your um, scores, by the way? Because you've emailed me. The ga- uh, do I need to tell you them again? You, you need to tell me them again. Oh, That's right, okay. I've emailed them, and I haven't got my email. <laughs> right, OK. Hello. Yes, hello, Trevor. Hello. How are you doing? He's, he's <laughs> ready up front, in, and yeah. you know he's only got three minutes left. Uh, first of all, then, uh, Derby against the MK Dons. Uh, I said it was 1 2. Uh, Trevor, what did you say? 2 no. I've gone for 2 1. Derby two. win, yeah. Why, why that? Why do you think. Derby, it's been a turbulent yeah, week it, for it them. Has, but I just think you get rid of the manager. You know, he, inevitably, the players lift the game. Yeah. York City against uh, Notts County. York, bottom of the table. Notts County. Uh, in the bottom third yep. at the moment. In t- Stop grinning sad, when I sad, say sad, that. Sadly, they're not in the bottom two, but yeah. <laughs> What's your score? Uh, I've gone for a draw. You know, unfortunately, I can't go for county losing because they always do better <laughs> when I do go for that. So you've gone for a 1-1? One, 1-1. One. One, one. One, one. What do you think, Trev? He's gone for a 3-2 win to Notts County. I said 2-2. Two, two. Uh, FC United of Manchester against Offerton Town. There'll be a crowd of about 3,000 at this one tomorrow. Offerton unbeaten since before Christmas. Yep. Uh, FC United of Manchester lower down in the table than, than Offerton. They are, they're struggling. They're going to do well to you know, stay up this year, FC. Mm. If they do, I think they will become a force, though. Mm. I've gone 1-1. One, one. I've gone for a draw as well. Score? 2-2. Two, 2-2, two, two. Two, two. good. You can't just say a draw. <laughs> What's up with you? Uh, Trevor? I'll just take the point. Yeah, 1-3. Don't talk over Trevor. He's the star of the show. <laughs> he said 3-1 to Alfreton. And the big game on Sunday moved there because nobody thought that Leicester would uh, yeah. would do as well as they did. Arsenal against Leicester. I've, uh, despite I've, uh, Leicester, yeah. I have gone against them. I, despite have the done, fact I think that I have done, done as well, yeah. if I remember rightly. I've gone for 3-1. You've gone yeah. for 3-1. I've gone for 2-1 to Arsenal. What do you think, Trevor? 2-4. Four two to Leicester, which so. you could see happening. Let's, let's be honest, <laughs> but I just think you know sooner or later they are going to lose. Oh, we'll wait and see on that yeah. as well. But they'll probably win and confound the critics and win six yep. nil and absolutely so. play yep. Arsenal off the off the park. But yep. it's a fantastic story. Uh, just briefly, best ever uh, league uh, football story. If Leicester won it, I think that's people keep saying that. It's it is. I, I'm time. just or thinking back to when Forest came up from the what well, was then Division Two, wasn't mm. it? And they they well they just ran away with with the uh, League One in the first season. I don't know. It probably is a better story because of the money that's involved nowadays. I don't think. Forest fans would agree with you. Uh, Trevor, what do you think? Oh, <laughs> he's not getting involved. <laughs> no, he's, he's, he's not getting in the argument at all. <laughs> right, into the final minute of the show then tonight here on Sports Talk Plymouth tomorrow then. Yep. Go down there and, and just have a go is your, your story. That's isn't right, yeah. We don't usually get decent results down there. Now's the time to end that. Be positive. Go go there. Be brave attacking-wise. Go, for me, play two up front, you know, get back Snell on the ball, play the likes of Blair on the wing. And, and I'm sure we'll be okay. We, we, yeah, we seem to have found a winning formula in recent weeks. Let's stick to it. The scorer of the equaliser, by the way, on Tuesday night was Jack Thomas. Well done to everybody who got involved with the competition. A massive response tonight. David Hainsworth from Forest Town and uh, Teresi Shotbolt from Shybrook. You're the winners tonight. Well done. We'll be telling you how to get those tickets very shortly indeed. Have a great Friday night, Tim. I will do. Thank you. And don't forget, Saturday sport. It's a form one, isn't it, in the end? A Saturday sport from one tomorrow afternoon here on Manchester 103.2 from me, Jason Harrison. A great one. Up next, it's the 80s school reunion with Ian Watkins. Have a good one.